You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. If you have your Bibles, go with me over to strange book of the Bible to preach from at the beginning of the year. Uh, the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. Uh, you thought I was going to say Leviticus. Huh? What if I would have brought us to Leviticus this morning? This morning, we're going to start the year off in Leviticus. Y'all just get up and walk out, wouldn't you? I know y'all. How many of you, you do the one-year reading plan and you get to Leviticus? How many of y'all skip it? Don't. You better read your Bible. You better stay with it. You got some good stuff in there. All kinds of diseases and stuff. And the skin disease. This is weird. It's just crazy. Um, I want to speak to you from Lamentations chapter 3. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Um, this is the, the title. It's simply Dare to Hope. Just Dare to Hope. I want to talk to you about hope for a little bit this morning. Let me ask you this question. Was there something that you were hoping for in 2023 that you did not experience? Was there something that you were believing God for? Something you were hoping for? Something that your heart's desire was set upon and you were hoping it would happen and it just, it just didn't happen? You know, maybe, maybe you're here today and you were hoping for a miracle. Maybe you're hoping for a companion in 2023. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe you're hoping for a healing or a job or, or maybe, you know, to be recognized at work. Or maybe you're hoping for a lost family member to come home to Jesus. Maybe you're hoping for freedom in a specific area of your life that you've walked through addiction or struggle with for a long time. And it just felt like it's held you back. What were you hoping for that didn't happen? I felt that in my heart last night as I was driving up here and praying for you. Like, there's probably some people in here that have had some hopes that have been deferred. And if that's not you yet, this is not a prophetic word. This is just a reality. There will come a day when there's something you're hoping for that feels delayed or deferred. What do you do in those moments? As followers of Jesus, as those that, that say that we have a God that distributes hope, God that comes through, we just sing, there's, you're more than able. You're more than able, God. But what do you do when what you're hoping for feels delayed, feels denied, feels deferred, feels like it's never going to happen. The pregnancy, the engagement, the breakthrough financially, what do you do in those moments when you're holding on to hope and yet you feel like you're losing your grip? What do you do in those moments? How do you find hope in those situations that feel like you're losing your hope? Or maybe, you've, have, you ever faced, have you ever faced a hopeless situation? Like literally, it felt like, there is no way that this is going to have a different outcome. Yesterday, Nathan and I, were, we were driving up here. We got a call from, um, from someone that said that one of our dear friends, started, his skin start, started turning yellow the other day. And so his wife rushed him to the emergency room. And, and three days ago, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer in his esophagus. We'll get, on the, get in the car today, driving back to Nashville, and I'm going to give him a call. And, and what do I say to him? What do I say to her when they, they're facing this hopeless situation? What do you do in moments like that? Because I know this, that God has called us to be a people that are different from the culture and the world that we live in. The scripture actually tells us that for unbelievers, they actually have no hope. But for the believer, we have hope. Why? Because we have Jesus. Jesus is our hope. He's the hope for humanity. And that's why we're so passionate about first conference and church. It's not that we're just trying to gather a crowd of people. They have a crowd of people that will watch the Bengals play. 
They have crowds of people that will gather at the movies. What is different is we have hope because we have Jesus. It is the message of the gospel is that there is hope for humanity because we have Jesus. What do you do when you feel like you're losing your hope, though? The good news is the Bible is filled with people just like you and I that face situations that sometimes feel hopeless. And yet they discover a place to find their hope and they find themselves experiencing hope in some of these situations that seems so incredibly hopeless. So it is in the book of Lamentations. We don't know for sure, but we believe that the author is the prophet Jeremiah. I like Jeremiah. Jeremiah is is such an amazing uh, prophet and voice for the Lord. He's a mouthpiece for the Lord. And he would declare things that sometimes were unpopular to the current cultural moment. And yet he was a faithful witness to the Lord. And what we know is that Lamentations, the backdrop here, it's, it's, it's really, it's a city that is in ruins, a people that are in ruins. The Babylonians have destroyed the city of Jerusalem. This is the first temple has been destroyed. The temple for the Jewish people was such a central piece to their spirituality and their spiritual formation. It was all about the temple because that's where you go to engage in the presence of God. And now the temple is in ruins. The city is lying in rubble and the people are completely and utterly heartbroken and they feel like they're in a hopeless situation. And so the writer representing the cultural moment and the context of the hearts of his people writes this book called Lamentations. We don't really use that word much. You don't go around saying, I feel like lamenting today. Like no one really does that, right? If, if, if you do, then you, you speak in King James Version. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to lament today. No, we don't do it. We don't really use it. We're like, I'm sad. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. My heart's broken. My heart's been crushed. I feel like there's no hope. And there's five chapters of lamenting. I think we've lost the art of lamenting in the church. Well, we can just live Sunday to Sunday, hype, 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 and never address the reality of the conditions of our soul. And yet there's these five chapters, some would say they are, they are poems of lament and grief and sorrow because of the hopeless situation that they're facing. And this is the backdrop for the verses I'm about to read you. Chapter one, hopeless. God, where are you? You're not answering our prayers. God, there's no hope. God, are you ever going to come through? Chapter one, chapter two, God, what are you doing? There's no hope. And where are you? It's like you're so far from us. Lament, lament. And then chapter three, Jeremiah says, yet I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. God is faithful, he says. His mercies begin afresh each and every morning. And so I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him or seek him. And so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. The future's uncertain. Circumstances aren't looking good. No sign of things changing on the horizon. The diagnosis is not a favorable one. I've been waiting for years for the spouse. He still hasn't healed me in my body. I'm still dealing with this addiction. I'm still not seeing things change yet. I dare to hope. This is what he is saying, saying we we are not going to lose our hope because we have not lost our God. 
I remember whenever my wife and I started talking about church planting, we feel called to plant churches, not just one, many churches. We want to raise up church planters and plant churches. And Pastor Brian and I were on staff together at Gateway Church in Dallas, and we would process church planting all the time. There were probably times I'd come in Brian's office and just be like, bro, I, I just, I'm going to quit. I just, I, this is never going to happen. I thought it was going to be two years, and then I'd go plant. He's like, just hang on, hang on, be patient, be patient. I'm like, bro, you're the most patient person I've ever met. I am the most impatient person anyone has ever met. It's got to happen. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Anybody else in here, you're like that? You're like, let's go, let's go. And I remember one night I went home after it was about a year and a half past my due date to plant this church. And I got vulnerable and I leaned over to my wife and I said, babe, I said, I feel like my heart is sick. I said, I thought we would have planted a church by now. God spoke to us 16 years ago. Still hasn't happened. I don't know if we'll ever plant. My wife looked at me. She said, sounds like you need to talk to Jesus about that, but I'm going to bed. (laughs) Thanks for the empathy. She's a one Enneagram, by the way. She rolls over and I start talking to God about it. I said, God, I'm so disappointed. I begin lamenting. God, I'm so, I'm depressed. Like, I, I thought that it would happen by now. You told me, but God, you called me. And God, you showed me, and I have vision for it. God, why? Listen to me, God can handle your why. Remember Jesus on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God's big enough to handle your why. And I began to process it with the Lord, and the Lord reminded me of these scriptures. Look at this scripture. He said, son, Here's what's wrong. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. He said, Jason, the reason your heart feels sick is because you have not been tending to your heart in the middle of this season. See, this is the big challenge, is that when our hope is deferred and delayed, the enemy wants to use those moments to whisper lies into our heart that God is not good. He hasn't answered your prayer yet. Well, he's not good. He can't be trusted. He must not love you. He must not be powerful. He must not be omnipotent. See, the enemy loves those moments because he will try to creep in those moments and speak a lie to bring toxicity to our hearts and cause us to turn resentful or bitter. And and it will start to permeate into other areas of our life. And that's why we have to guard our spirit and our heart in those moments where the hope is deferred and delayed. I remember God saying, Jason, I need you to tend to your heart. I started watching my heart a little bit closer. Pastor Brian used to always ask, hey, I hated it when you do it. Hey, Jason, how's your heart? Some days I told him the truth. Some days I didn't. I thought I had to wear the proverbial mask and I couldn't let anyone know. But I had to tend to my heart. Look at what it says in Proverbs 13. I'm not particularly normally reading the passage translation, but I thought this sounded cool. It says, when hope's dream seems to drag on and on. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? He says, the delay can be depressing, but when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. So what do you do when you're in situations like that? I'm going to share with you just a few thoughts, simple thoughts from the text. Here's the first one is this. Here's the first proposition I want to make to you. Hope can be experienced in the middle of a hopeless situation. Here's Here's what's fascinating to me. When you study this, there's five chapters in Lamentation. Directly in the center point of the five chapters is Lamentations chapter three. 
directly in the center of Lamentations chapter three is I dare to hope. What is, what is, I think this is God and his brilliance just saying, here's what I'm going to do. The writer doesn't even know this, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to script this like this to where right in the middle of what feels like a hopeless situation, he's going to bump right into me. He's going to, he's going to, in the middle of what feels like there's no hope to be found in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, you're going to find hope. You see, you know why you can find hope in the middle of when you're walking through it is because Jesus walks with you through it in the middle of it. In the middle of the divorce, Jesus can be there with you. In the middle of the betrayal, Jesus is in the middle of it. In the middle of, of the lawsuit, Jesus can be right there. In the middle of your, your son or your daughter that is away from God, right in the middle of it, you can find Jesus. And if you can find Jesus, listen to me, my friend, you can find hope. Because Jesus is our hope. And right in the middle of this, this portion of scripture, he plants this right there. I love it. Here's what it tells me, though. He says, yet I dare to hope. Hope is not just discovered. It's actually determined or it's decided. You have to make a decision. Will you be a person that will have hope? See, hope is not just about your desire. It's actually in what you place your hope in. And if God is the person that you are hoping in, he's the most stable, the most faithful, the most dependable, the most powerful. So you can have hope, but you have to decide. I will still believe, though I have not seen that which I want to see happen in my life. It's a decision that you have to make. It's not just discovered, it's actually decided. And that's why he says this. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will. Your will is the seat of your decision-making. Your will is the seat of where you determine things. It's, it's where you say, I will go here. I will wake up earlier. I will go to first conference. I will join a small group. Hey, I'm just plugging all the little things here. I will not. What is it? It's a matter of the will. And God, I'm so thankful that God gives us a, a, a will. It's we're not like robots. Like it, it looks cool for a dance, but not to follow Jesus. I will hope, though I have not seen that which I desire yet. Yet I dare to hope. He goes on and he says this. I say to myself, the Lord is my, watch this. This is covenantal language that the Levites and the priests would use. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good. Look at what he's saying. He said, the Lord, listen, I, I'm hoping for this, but God, you are my portion. You know what he's saying? He's like, I want this, but I want you more. I want to get married, but I want you more, Jesus. I want to have the baby, but Jesus, you are my portion. You see, the Levites and the priests, when, when, when everyone was given land, if you remember this in the Old Testament, God says to the Levites, they're all going to get portions of land, but you don't get it. I am your portion. Woo. What do you do when God says the thing that you want, you can't have it, but you can have me. Am I enough? Oh, I don't like that. I want this, God. He's like, am I enough? I think oftentimes... God knows what we need more than what we know, what, more than what we, we, we know what we need. We know what we want, but sometimes God knows that's actually not what I need you to have because what I need you to have is, it may not be that, but it, it's going to be the better thing for you. And I just need you to trust me. I will be, I'm your portion. I will walk with you through it. 
I'll walk with you through the infertility. I'll walk with you through the diagnosis. I'll walk with you in 2024 when you feel like you're never going to experience that which you're desiring. I will be your portion if you'll just trust me. What does it look like when you don't get what you want, but Jesus says, I'm gonna hold your hand and walk with you through it. The Lord is my shepherd, David said. He goes on and says, even when I walk through, when I walk through, you are with me. He is your portion. I love it. He also says this right there in the text. He says, the Lord is good, so it is good. Can you say that? The Lord is good, so it is good. My circumstances may not be good, but the Lord is good, so it is good. Here's what he's saying. It is well with my soul. I may not have it yet, and I may not ever have it, but I have Jesus. It is good. It is well with my soul. I love that. I know with my son, Nixon, he was diagnosed with a severe case of eczema years ago. It was so bad. I, I started to show you a picture, I, I, but I, I don't know if he'd like for me to show it, but there was a time where he, the eczema got so bad, he looked like a burn victim, his whole face. Couldn't go to school for three weeks. Kids are brutal in middle school, I'm telling you that right now. I called the principal, I said, he can't come to school. I sent her a picture, she said, why? I sent her a picture and I said, he's not coming to school. She said, okay. Stayed home and, you know, for years we've dealt with this and, and there's been times where I look at his skin and I look at what he's going through and walk in in the mornings and his, his, he's been scratching all night and the sheets are covered with blood. Man, it's so just discouraging as a parent. You're only as happy as your saddest child. And every night I'll sit at the bed with him and I pray for healing. Every night, I've done it for nine years. Every night I pray, I lay hands on prayer. And I'll never forget one time him looking at me years ago. He said, Dad, why do you do that? Why do you pray for me every day? He'll never heal me. I said, son, because I have hope. And if God never heals you, your dad will pray for you every day for the rest of his life. Because I believe that God can. I believe that he's willing. I believe that he's able. And he's going to heal you either this side of heaven or one day when you see him face to face, but I'll never stop praying. What was I doing? In the middle of what felt hopeless, I was praying for healing. Here's a, here's a little update. God will answer your prayer sometimes, and sometimes he won't, and sometimes he'll answer it in a different way. I've been praying for a supernatural healing. Within this, like, medication came out that we found out about, and we started applying for it, and for three years we were denied, denied, denied. Insurance company, denied, denied, denied. The medication's $6,000 a month. Denied, denied. Pay for that out of pocket. Yeah, let's go. I'm a pastor, not a bank robber. <laughs> Jeez, I'm Pete's. But you know what? We, we, we lived in San Francisco. We planted a church in San Francisco. And during COVID, we, our church was shut down for almost 70 weeks. It was a terrible situation. We were actually in an, in an area in Marin County where where it was like a, a, a dermatologist specialist, like it, it, they were the best in, in the world in this area. And we still could not get treatment. Then we, in 2021, we said, we feel like the Lord's calling us to, to Tennessee. We don't even know why, but we're moving there. We move there. We go to his, like his first dermatologist appointment and he walks in and the lady has compassion on him. It's at the front desk. And she said, here's what I'm gonna do. Until he gets approved, I will have samples of that medication sent here every two weeks and we will give him his shot. Just pay for $50 for the visit. And if I showed you a picture, you saw him just a minute ago. His skin is beautiful. I looked at him and I said, that's why we never stop praying. 
It's taken a long time, but that's why we never stop praying. Healing's looking different, but thank God that we did not lose hope, amen? Listen, hope will meet you in the middle. That's what I felt prophetically for, God, for someone to hear this. As I was praying for you last night, driving up, I felt like the Lord's, and I wrote it down. Hope will meet you in the middle. Jesus will meet you in the middle. In the middle of the diagnosis, he will meet you there. In the middle of the infertility, he will meet you there. In the middle of losing your job, he will meet you there. In the middle of the lawsuit, he'll meet you there. In the middle of the loneliness, he'll meet you there. In the middle of the breakup, he will meet you there. You can find hope in the middle because you can find Jesus. He is not too hard to find. He will meet you in the middle. The second one is this. Hope remembers. Hope remembers. Let me explain this just a little bit. Look what he says. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. When I remember, I, get, I find hope and I can, I can find hope in the middle of my situation when I just awaken my memory and I remember who God is, is what he's saying. He says, man, God, God is faithful. His love is unending. His mercies are new every day. He has come through for me time and time and time again. I know God's track record. I remember how he got me through that situation. I remember how he walked me through that situation. I remember when I was facing this circumstance and he was there in the middle of it and he walked me through it and I'm still standing today. And because God's been faithful, I remind myself that I will hope because his character and his nature is dependable. He is a God that loves me. Even when my circumstances try to communicate a message to me that God does not love me, I know he loves me. I know he is faithful. And the writer says, I got to remind myself of that sometimes. See, oftentimes what we do when we get in situations like this, when we feel like things are hopeless or our prayers not being answered, we begin to ruminate. You know what ruminating is? You've probably talked about that here before. Cows are ruminating animals. They eat, they eat grass, swallow it. Spit it back up, chew on it a little bit more. Swallow it. Comes up even nastier, chew on it a little bit more. That's called ruminating. Humans are ruminating people too. You know what we do? We have thoughts, swallow them. They come back up, think on it. They get nastier and nastier and nastier the more you do it. When you're thinking about all the negative stuff and your situation, even when you just focus on the problem you have, it's ruminating. And what he's saying is, I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm not going to focus on the expectation. I'm not going to focus on getting engaged. I'm not going to focus on, you know what I'm going to focus on? I'm going to focus on the nature and character of God. I'm going to remember who God is. I'm going to remember his track record. I was reading this thing one time. They said that the Jewish shepherds in the ancient East, that they, they would take their, the, the, the shepherd's staff and rod and they would carve things on it. You can see them. They have pictures of them. There's carvings all on these these, these staffs. And, and what they would do is whenever Yahweh, their God, would come through for them in a miraculous way, or when, when something even as simple as finding a lost sheep would happen, they would carve in the staff and the rod. And anytime when they felt lonely or discouraged or hopeless, they literally would take their hand and they would, they would, they would just rub their hands over those icons that they had carved that were reminders. That's why David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can you remember that time when God brought you through? Can you remember when he was faithful and he showed up? Can you remember when you were, your heart was aching and hurting and yet you felt the, the sweet touch of his presence in a moment that reminded you, I'm still here with you and I still love you. See, sometimes we just have to remind ourselves. This is what David did in 1 Samuel 30. I won't read it, but David lost everything. All of his army, they lost 
everything. Their, their village was burnt down. They lost their wives and their children. They were taken as slaves. David's men turn on him and they say, you've got us into this trouble. We should kill you. He's lost everything, even his loyal men. And it's just him and God. And the scriptures say this, David encouraged himself in the Lord. See, here's what I've determined in my life. There will, come, there will come times in my life where I'm gonna feel discouraged. My wife can try to encourage me. Pastor Brian can try to encourage me. But some days I have to get on my knees before God and encourage myself in the Lord. You know how I do that? I start quoting scriptures. You see, you wanna get some hope? Get the word in you. I'll start quoting scriptures. I'll start actually saying, God, I'll remember when you healed me of spinal meningitis. God, I'll remember whenever I overdosed and I came back to life. You did that, the doctors didn't. God, I'll remember when you provided for us housing in San Francisco when we couldn't afford it. I'll just start doing that. You know what I do? I'll become like my own hype man. You remember those wrestling hype men that would, in WWE and WWF, like God would come out like Randy Savage and he had his hype man behind, beside him, like a little short dude, like just yelling in his ear, you got this, you got this. I'm like that little guy to myself. Sometimes you gotta hype yourself up. Man, back, back in San Francisco, I'd preach on Sundays and sometimes it was a bad message and a bad day. Nobody show up where people show up, nobody's worshiping. Y'all don't do that here, okay, at Queen City. Y'all get into it. But I'd look out at these people and they're just staring at me like a cow looking at a new gate. And I'm like, this is the worst congregation ever. <laughs> they're like, this is the worst preaching ever. I mean, we were just, there were days like that. It's just, it's just part of it, you know? And I'd, I'd go home, I'm all depressed. And my wife's like, what's wrong with you? Just sitting in that chair. I'm like, this is the chair of despair. And I'm sitting here all day. Don't talk to me, you know? She's like, you need to get it together. No one's thinking about your bad sermon, you know? I'm like, whatever, you wrote it. No, I'm kidding. Um, and on Mondays, I'd wake up and I'd take my son to school. I'd drop him off at school and I literally would do this. This is so pathetic. I would go, I'd sit at, at the beach and I would, I would open my iPad and I would play like Denzel Washington speeches and like some of these like really like Matthew McConaughey, like saying some really suave, cool and like motivational stuff. And I just kind of get pumped up. Listen, desperate times call for desperate measures. Here's what I'm saying to you. Sometimes you got to just encourage yourself. And sometimes you got to just remind yourself, God, you've been good. My life is not that bad. Yeah, it's got challenges, but God, there's other people that are dealing with a lot worse stuff. You've been faithful. You've been good. And you got to remind yourself. You got to speak to your soul. David said in Psalm 42, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and God. You know what he's saying? I'm not going to let my soul and my emotions dictate my faith in my God. He, put, he literally puts his emotions and his soul in check. You listen to me right now. I mean, it sounds like a crazy person. You listen to me right now. So get yourself in alignment with the Lord. You know, it's like, what are you doing? He's preaching. It's like T.D. Jake preaching to himself right there. It's like, it's like he's preaching. Listen to me. Sometimes you have to speak to your soul and remind your soul of who God is. This is, this is, this is part of what following Jesus looks like. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's speaking to his soul again. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What's he saying? Remember, remember. And he's encouraging himself with that. Psalm 130, and I'll hurry to the third point and we'll wrap up. Psalm 130 says, this is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. 
I want to encourage you with this for 2024 as someone that's a part of this church. I'm not just a guest speaker. I'm a part of this church. I'm telling you, I don't know what 2024 holds for you as individuals, but I can promise you this. No matter what you face, no matter what you're believing for, if you'll anchor your life in the word of God, you'll have the hope that you need for whatever you may face. You will have a supernatural strength because the, listen, the word of God is anointed. The word of God is the breath of God. You feel like you don't have any wind in your cells? Get the word in your cells. You feel like you're, you're stuck in a rut? Get the word of God in you. Commit to daily getting the word in you. Why? Because the writer says, that's where hope comes from. Even over the next couple of days, here's what I'm praying for you. I'm praying that tonight and tomorrow, that literally you'll get more than a sermon, more than a talk. You'll get a word from heaven that God will speak prophetically into your spirit, into your soul. He'll give you prophetic vision for your life. He'll give you vision for your marriage, vision for your finances. He'll stir up the ministry gifts on the inside of you. He'll stir up the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that you'll get a word. That's what I'm believing for you in the next couple of days. How, how does that happen? You gotta come in, like Pastor Brian said, with great expectation, leaning in, going all in with God. Don't play church, don't be casual. The day of nominal Christianity is over. Just checking off the box. Go do something else if you're just trying to be a nominal Christian. No, let's be hungry for God. Let's be like the, the psalmist in Psalm 42. He says, oh, he says, like a deer pants for, for, the, for the water. So my soul longs for you, God. Let's be, let's be followers of Jesus like that. And say, God, we want a word from you. Give us this day our daily bread. What is that? It's more than provision. It's a word from heaven. Today, give me a word, God. I'm living on your word. Last one is this, and the band can come up. Hope, trust that if we're still waiting, God is still working. If, if we're still waiting, here's what I know. God is still working. He's working on your behalf. He's working in your heart. He's working on your character. If you're still waiting for that, what you hope for, God is still working. You got to trust that. Lamentations goes back to verse 25, says the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Notice he says, you work while you wait. You wait, but he says, you search and seek after God while you wait. While you're waiting on the companion, seek God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. While you're waiting on the pregnancy, seek God more than you ever have before. While you're waiting on the job, while you're waiting on the breakthrough, while you're waiting on the miracle, while you're waiting on the supernatural hand of God to move, seek him with all your heart while you wait. While you wait, get to work. Depend on him, trust him, seek him, search for him. But notice what he says, he says, he says, you need to wait quietly, trusting God. I thought about that and I prayed, I said, God, what are you saying? in this portion of the text. I think waiting quietly means not complaining while you wait. Waiting quietly and patiently, I think means not murmuring and not complaining. It's, it's sort of a paradox because lamenting in this text and in this passage, in this whole book is not avoiding your grief. It's not ignoring your grief. It's not suppressing your grief. It's not. It's not that, there's a healthy place for you to process that with God and with good counseling and with good counselors and with, 
with people. But I think what he's saying is, listen, it's gonna be easy while you're waiting and while your, your hope is deferred. It's gonna be easy to get cynical, critical, negative. It's gonna get easy for you to start speaking words that will never happen. I'll probably always be like this. He's like, don't do that. Be slow to speak those words over your life. Quietly, waiting. You know what that says to me? Patience is not the ability to wait. Patience is the ability to have a good attitude and good spirit while you wait. And the Holy Spirit produces that in us. Psalm 27, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. So what are you waiting for? What are you hoping for? A companion, a job, a healing, a dream to be fulfilled, a child, a miracle, a family. I dare you, Queen City Church in 2024. I dare you to hope. I dare you to be, believe God for the biggest things you've ever believed him for this year. I dare you to, to double down on whatever you're believing God for. Seek him with all of your heart. Pursue him more than you pursue whatever that thing is. Trust him and depend on him and rely on him. And here is what my prayer is for you. Ephesians 1, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Listen to me, he is able and he's asking you today to dare to hope, amen. I want you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for the simplicity, but also the, the potency of your word. Sometimes we just need to be reminded Sometimes we need to be reminded that you've been good and you've been faithful. And we need to listen more to what your word says than what our circumstance is telling us. And God, I don't know what people are facing here. And I don't know what they're walking through and dealing with, but I would imagine that there's some people here that, that feel like they, they've lost their hope. They've been trusting and believing, but it still hasn't happened yet. And maybe there's some folks here that feel like they're in a hopeless situation. God, I pray that right now by your spirit, you would inspire hope. Literally, you begin to deposit hope and faith and expectation here where people feel like they're losing their grip on their hope. God, give them hope right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.